We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's welcome in our first guest of the day. I'm sure he would like this, too. It's Mike Golan Jr. on behalf of DraftKings. Gojo, good morning. Thanks for waking up early for us. Of course. No, good to talk to you guys. It's been a while. Wait a minute. Okay. Were you a guy who had the frosted tips in the 90s? Were you trying to go boy band? No, no. I never I, I never had the wherewithal for that. I've been a, basically outside of my freshman and sophomore year of college. I was a straight buzz cut guy my entire life. I didn't have the audacity or the gall to actually go for the frosted tips. I just looked on from afar. <laughs> never went mullet. You never tried it. No. No, you know what? And that was a mistake while I did have the hair that I did. So, again, I, growing up, I was a buzz cut guy. I went to high school, and I went to a Catholic high school that didn't let you have hair past the collar on your shirt. And so I got to college my freshman year at Notre Dame, and I grew my hair out. And really luscious locks, good mm. curls, especially in the humidity. But I never realized my family's full legacy and went for the mullet because my Uncle Bob probably one of the better mullets of yeah. all time uh, during yeah. his time in the NFL and then I'd say by the Velvet College years. So I left a lot of meat on the bone, which I regret. Do you guys think that <laughs> Sam Hartman's hair is somewhat distracting? It's spectacular. He looks like Cat Stevens, and nobody knows that reference because Cat Stevens is too old now. But if you look him up, he looks just like Cat Stevens. It's glorious. I'm actually sitting in front of a computer right yeah. now, so I'm going to pull up an image of Cat Stevens. He's uh, still like Cat's in the Cradle? Yeah, it's actually. just like oh, him. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> there it is. Especially, like, see, the thing is, is when he, like, gets, when it's kind of wet during the game and he almost slicks it back, it's a little, but now right. I can definitely see what you're talking about here. It is distracting, though. Sam's done a really good job of cultivating a lot of follicle growth, yeah. and now it's gotten to a point where he's probably achieved I'd say the height of this look, and everyone else just has to kind of bask in the glory of it. But how's the rain going to affect his hair for all those cutaway yeah. shots? You think it's going to be good? Not the passing game so much, but how does it affect the hair? I had a friend describe him as unnaturally wet to me during games, so I think <laughs> it's only going to – it will at least take off that. It will be naturally wet. The rain will be the thing soaking it, but, yes, it's – Kind of where he's been trending already. Uh, Michael Jr., he's got the Gojo Show. It's presented by DraftKings, does a fantastic job. And, of course, massive uh, Notre Dame, well, alum, fan, all of that. Um, all right, so you get a second crack here at Caleb Williams. His line wasn't amazing last year when he played you guys, but obviously they won pretty handily. How does the defense stop Caleb Williams this time around? So I think the challenge with Caleb is always – you know, as a pass rush, you've got to do your best to collapse the pocket to contain because the most deadly form of Caleb Williams is once he's able to break out of the pocket, but also it's when he's got too much time back there. So you've got to kind of rush with some aggression. You can see the problem he presents, as I described this, is you've got to find that perfect balance of, all right, you want to send the rush after him. You want to maybe try and spy but you also have to make sure that you're not letting him scramble around because this USC offense, you have so many deep developing routes, so much to push it downfield that what it ends up creating is a ton of space in the middle ground. And so easy check downs to running backs 
or small routes to receivers end up going for big yards after that clock ticks four, five, six, Mm. seven seconds into the play. And so that's really, I think, the thing you've got to guard against the most. And I would say for USC's run game, which especially if the weather comes up could be more of a cause, it's a pretty simple formula, right? They like to run those Denard Robinson-esque RPOs where it's Caleb Williams in the backfield, he's doing the read option on the end, and then if he pulls it, he's got a tight end right out there in the flat. And they hit these for some big games because they create so much space in the passing game. What I think Arizona did such a good job of in this last game is they made him hand it off. You brought two blitzers off the backside. You made sure that you put the end right in his face so that he has to give it off to the running back, and you've got to trust the rest of your defensive front seven to be able to go and handle USC's offensive line, USC's running backs, because the lesser of two evils is that. You don't want Caleb Williams with the ball in his hand any longer than it has to be there. What about on the other side of the ball? You know, this USC defense obviously looks like Swiss cheese. Everyone can throw on no, it. Don't but, say that to Lincoln Riley. Yeah. He says that's a media narrative. Right. But, but, okay. We, we, <laughs> we have seen it. But I feel like Marcus he Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. He said there's a narrative out there that the defense is bad, and so you have you know oh. one bad game, and all of a sudden the media jumps on it. Oh, okay. Well, that's you know I, I listen. I have a lot of respect for Lincoln Riley. I'm not going to make make fun of one of the better coaches in college football or anything like that. But I, I guys, I was amazed. I didn't get to stay up. I had just finished calling a game, and so I went to bed. Because I, the last time I stayed up for a multiple overtime finish, I got three hours of sleep with Colorado, and Colorado <laughs> State gave us that classic. I was amazed at how physically Arizona was beating up USC up front. Like, it wasn't just holes were getting opened up. It was bodies were getting dropped. And so I, I think for all the things USC did in the portal, I, I mean, Notre Dame, it's the perfect opportunity to lean back into your identity. It is going to be cold, windy, and rainy potentially. You're going up against defense that just got pushed around tighten back up and run the ball the way you did against NC State and Ohio State. Like, this doesn't need to be a hard formula. Put it on the ground. You should have two backs pushing for 100 yards in this game easy. I thought you could throw against USC, too, though. So you don't think that – and Marcus Freeman doesn't want to do that anyway. He's going to try and slow it down and, and keep the ball out of USC's hands, right? Well, I think that's the best version of it because it's not – I've always said this for Notre Dame – that ball control style of winning football works really well because it's not outside of what you do. Notre Dame wants to be an O-line, D-line led program. And in this era of football in general, not even college, but the NFL, so much of it is pass to set up the run. Your pass first teams, leagues are set up to be passing leagues first and foremost. And with Notre Dame, you've got a great quarterback. So you'd think that's the case, but still a young skill group that's been kind of banged up this year, doesn't have a take the top off the defense kind of guy. And so I think you've got to be a run to set up the pass guy. What got them in trouble against the likes of Duke is Duke was just built well inside the middle. You have two Notre Dame guards who are making their first start at the beginning of this season that went up against the two senior captains on Duke's team on that defensive line. Dwayne Carter's going to be a future NFL guy. And so now there's none of that that exists in the middle of this SC line. Bear Alexander's a good player, but you guys see you can run, you can do most anything. So I think it's got to start on the ground for Notre Dame. And then it's got to work its way to the passing attack that when it's got a little bit more space, when it's got time and rhythm, especially in the quick game, that's where Sam Hartman and this group have been at their best. Mike Golick Jr. is joining us. Of course, you can listen to Gojo and Golick on DraftKings Network. You guys do a fantastic job with you and your dad. It's awesome. Um, let's talk about Marcus Freeman for a moment. Uh, Gojo, have you seen enough from Freeman to be fully behind what he is and what he's about? Yeah, I'll listen, especially like getting to spend time around him. You've got an 
an unbelievable human being who understands the things that make the university special, that's gone out there and recruited well. And then I think he's going through some growing pains as a head coach. Like, I keep reminding people, this is the second year he's done this ever. Like, not at Notre Dame, not at the Power 5 level, not at the high Division One level. It's the second year he's ever been a head coach. And so I understand certain things that come up, the 10 men on the field stuff from Ohio State, inexcusable, can't happen, absolutely no way, no how. The rest of it I looked at is this was a part of the bargain when we signed him up for this. I thought there was an admission amongst Notre Dame fans like, hey, there were going to be some things that popped up we had to work through. And there's been a lot more good than bad. We know Marshall and Stanford last year, bad. Nobody had a good time with that. But, no, in in general, I've got a lot of faith in what Marcus Freeman has been been doing here with what's going on with the staff. But I, I do understand the realities of the sport as I can say all those things. This is not rational actors. These are not rational people that are going to be making the decisions on the other side of this from the outside looking in. And so you have to – this is must-win territory for Notre Dame, a three-game slide, even if it is during eight games to start the season without a bye, even if it is your fourth straight night game, primetime against a ranked undefeated opponent. Nobody else cares about your problems like that. And certainly Marcus Freeman understands that. This team understands that. You got to go out there and find a way to win this game on Notre Dame's side. And quite honestly, it feels just as much much win on the other side for mm. USC, who is still in the heart of the playoff hunt, is playing in an unbelievably dogged Pac-12, especially yeah. on the top end of the conference. So it's uh, it's high stakes poker at South Bend on Saturday night. All right, speaking of Pac-12, I got an impossible question for you. We have a lot of uh, listeners in Washington and Oregon. You can build a team around one quarterback, Bo Nix or Michael Penix. Who are you going with? Ooh, man, it, it's so fascinating because I, I was thinking about this today about, you know, because I'm going to be calling this game for I do college football national radio for Learfield Saturday nights. And I'm going to be calling this game this weekend. And I'm thinking about, you know, the open, how we're going to talk about it. And the one thing I settled on is I think I trust Michael Penix the most when things are going right. And I trust Bo Nix the most when things are going wrong. Like when the thing when the play breaks down and you've got a guy that breaks contain, man, Bo Nix can do some special stuff. Now that we've harnessed the good and cut out the bad from the Auburn version of Bo Nix and gotten to this point, and he trusts Troy Franklin and a lot of guys in this receiver room, Ferguson is tight end, and then on the other side, when Michael Penix Jr. is operating Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubbs' offense that he knows really well, going back to his time in Indiana, this guy is weaponized plutonium. He's got such a strong arm. He puts the ball in such special places, especially down in the red zone. So if I was going to build an offense around one quarterback, I would probably start with Michael Penix Jr., but it really is splitting hairs. These are two special quarterbacks that have both for the last two years been the engines behind the best offenses in college football. I might give the slight edge to Michael Penix Jr., but it's by a hair, guys. We are so lucky in this game. Gojo, I know you're a massive Taylor Swift fan. Do you feel like perhaps, you know, you missed the boat by not trying to shoot your shot with the, you know, bracelets <laughs> and stuff. This could have been you, dude. This could have been you. You know what? I, I, I do appreciate the people that say that, that act like as if me and Travis Kelsey were on similar footing. <laughs> party. What I do miss the shot for was, at the very least, 
It's all right. He was trying to, you know, go on a date, ask Taylor Swift out this daunting task, biblical, the things that people write songs about quite literally. I should have just shot my shot for tickets to the premiere for the movie. last night. I'm in L.A. It was in L.A. I could have been over there. I saw people freaking out. She walked into a theater full of fans that she apparently hand selected where she was going to go in and watch the movie with. Like I could have at least asked for some tickets there because that seems much more in my range of mm. stuff that was possible. If I just opened my damn mouth. Well, I think the tickets went to Beyonce and people like that. Are you sure you could have gotten a ticket to that? Uh, yeah, man, that was, by the way, seeing waking up and seeing that hit the timeline. I'm like, Oh, okay. The two most powerful women in music just cutting it up here. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't believe that. So, I did see some actual fans made their way in there, but okay. I would have been seated way in the back away from Beyonce. That's how they do it. They just know to keep me very far away from anyone of value. <laughs> Listen, in our minds, Gojo, you, Kelsey, you know, similar, similar, you know. Spider-Man pointing me. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. Have a great call on Oregon, Washington. That's going to be awesome. Good luck to your Irish this weekend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.